Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. And here are some of the California stories we're following. A steady rise in respiratory viruses is hitting California hospitals. Three quarters of the state's intensive care beds are full, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. In the Bay Area, wastewater data shows that flu, RSV, and COVID cases are increasing. Dr. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease specialist at UCSF. We're just crossing our fingers because I'm not sure yet if this is going to be where it settles down to. In the Sacramento region, CDC data shows the four counties had a 29% increase in hospitalized COVID patients from November to December. Residents who are at a higher risk of getting very sick in those areas are urged to mask up. And an update to a story we told you about yesterday. State Assemblyman Vince Fong has had a change of heart and has decided to file paperwork to run for Kevin McCarthy's open congressional seat. Now, Fong does have some hurdles to clear, as he's already qualified for re-election to the Assembly. It's unclear how easy it would be to withdraw from that race. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The Department of Water Resources has released a final environmental impact report for the Delta Tunnel Project. Cap Radio's Manola Sakaida has more. The project would pump more water from northern to southern California. It has sparked controversy for years. When the draft environmental impact report was released last year, it received over 7,000 comments in response. Wade Crowfoot is California's Secretary of Natural Resources. He says the project isn't a silver bullet, but will boost state water resources. We will continue to, f- to face declining supplies as a result of climate change. However, 
this modernization, uh, modernized uh, infrastructure will reduce our decline. In other words, allow us to capture more water in those wet periods for intensifying drought periods. Many tribes and environmental groups have remained opposed to the project. They say diverting more water from the Delta will damage its ecosystem, including endangered fish like the winter run Chinook salmon, and devastate neighboring communities. Crowfoot says he's aware of the concerns, but disagrees. I don't buy into hyperbole that this will you know, ruin communities. Quite to the contrary. We understand the impacts and we're looking to minimize and mitigate those impacts. The DWR will consider certifying the final environmental impact report later this month. For the California Report, I'm Manola Sakaita in Sacramento. California's solar industry is facing tough times after state utility regulators changed the rules for rooftop solar last spring. From San Diego, KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson says sales are down and layoffs are up. Ross Williams has worked in San Diego's residential solar industry since 2010. He's never seen anything this dark for an industry that enjoyed double-digit growth over the last decade. That's brutal. I mean, no company can survive where your sales are 30% of of what they were last year. HES Solar had fewer than 10 employees when Williams joined the firm more than a decade ago. He bought the company in 2015 in part because the future was bright. Williams was forced to cut jobs in July and again in August. It's very difficult to tell people that I've personally hired, you know, with that promise, like, hey, we're going to be a spot for you. You work well for us. We're going to be there for you to say, hey, sorry, can't employ you anymore. It's extremely difficult. California's solar industry employed more than 78,000 people in 2023, 67,000 in the residential rooftop solar sector. Industry officials project 17,000 of those residential jobs will be snuffed out by the first quarter of next year, and prospects for the rest of the year remain dark. The market in real time under the new net metering is 80 percent below where it was last summer. Bernadette Del Chiaro is the executive director of the California Solar and Storage Association. She says the layoffs are exactly what the industry was warning about when regulators were revising the state's net energy metering rules. What the 80 percent is is sales, and it's measured both by sales data collected in the aggregate across the industry as well as interconnection application. So that's the first step of the interconnection process that happens very soon after a sale. The economic impacts are only part of the story. The decline will also hurt California's efforts to reach carbon neutrality by 2045. That requires slashing greenhouse gas emissions, cutting air pollution, and dramatically reducing fossil fuel consumption. Stanford University's Mark Jacobson says rooftop solar was expected to account for about a quarter of that energy production, but this year's rule changes may put that target out of reach as solar adoption stalls. Slowing that down with uh, hostile regulations to make it more expensive for people to put rooftop solar is just going to slow down a transition, cause more air pollution deaths and morbidities in California and raise prices as well. Jacobson has studied pathways for California to electrify the state's economy. He says it will require greatly expanding wind energy, utility-scale solar, geothermal energy, battery storage, and solar from rooftops. He says regulators should be facilitators. Every opportunity we have, regulators need to make it easy to put solar on, not more difficult. The rule changes implemented this year are being challenged in court. 
The San Diego-based Protect Our Communities Foundation, the Center for Biological Diversity, and the Environmental Working Group asked the first district court of appeal in San Francisco to force regulators to reconsider the changes. The legal challenge argues the California Public Utilities Commission failed to support solar in disadvantaged communities, failed to account for all of solar's benefits, and attorney Aaron Stanton says failed to make sure the industry grows sustainably. All three of those things are statutory requirements in the Public Utilities Code, uh, and the commission's decision doesn't meet those requirements. Oral arguments are scheduled on December 13th. It's unclear when a decision might be rendered. For the California Report, I'm Eric Anderson in San Diego. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, December 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, investing in creative thinkers and problem solvers who are working to ensure that people, communities, and the planet can flourish. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.